soldiers. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You want to fight? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, welcome to the Sucker Punch Podcast. We are sitting down with Nancy Garcia, two-time Golden Glove champion. Um, You won last year? Yes. All right, last year and current... Uh, Central Texas um, Golden Glove champion. So we'll we'll clarify that just in case there are. I doubt anybody's listening. Sorry, Nancy. <laughs> There's gonna be everyone you tell to listen is gonna listen right? to this, right? You okay. gotta put put us out there. Just no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> right, just the people we care about. But to clarify on that, you know, you got kind of a, a walkthrough. I know the guy. Um, if if anybody was listening to previous episodes, Curtis kind of got a, a a buy, right? They'll call it a buy, and then he fought. Um, uh, man, I forgot his name. He was a really tough fighter. Sorry, dude. Because oh. we talked about him a lot in the last episode. Oh, okay. But uh, um, is it was his fighter from here? Daniel Griggs. Oh, okay. Daniel Griggs. Yeah. So he worked. Uh, he 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 fought Daniel Griggs and to get the Golden Gloves Championship. You put it out there for some other girls to fight, but they weren't really. They were a little reluctant. So you kind of got a, a buy. So now you're going to state. Mm-hmm. Is this your first time going to state? It's my first time going to state, and I also uh, just went open. So um, I'm really looking forward to fighting in the open side. And I've already sparred a few open fighters, so I feel confident in it. And actually, I think I'm going to be fighting a really experienced girl at state. So I'm really excited about it because I'll, I'll get a good challenge, which I need. Yeah. Uh, some of the novice fighters that I fought, you know, they only had one, two fights, and I had seven. And now I'm going to be fighting girls that have way more than seven fights or okay. one girl yeah she's pretty well experienced she's from fort worth okay and how many fights do you think she has or do you know that she I has? have no idea actually i i we need to see at the weigh-ins i need to make sure but I, i'm pretty sure that she signed up at the 132 pound um but yeah we need to get a little bit more information on that so i'll know at the weigh-ins but so yeah, yeah so you're not sure you know she has a lot of experience but not sure as how much yeah actually because this is this is state if you if you win state you're going to nationals Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you win nationals, you go into uh, qualifiers, right? Junior, you know or not what? junior, but. I think that the Golden Gloves is completely separate. I'm trying to learn all this myself. Yeah. But I think that after, I don't know if there's anything after nationals, but I'm for sure going to sign up for a qualifiers tournament. That's my goal. So. Well, to my understanding, nationals, right? There's not necessarily anything after nationals, but. There's always the potential of like Olympic scouts and stuff like that. So you can go to like Olympic qualifi- qualifiers mm-hmm. and then, you know, potentially go fight 
Yes. In the Olympics, best in the world. Yeah, that's my goal. Best in the world. Like, really, though. Like, yeah. Best in the world. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, intense. Yeah, that's yeah. my dream. Yeah. Ever since I was a little girl, I always thought about being in the Olympics. Yeah. And then when I saw the Olympics and I saw the boxers there, I was like, wow, these, go- these girls are good. I was like, I want to be like them. I want to do yeah. that. And then I also told myself, the first tattoo I ever get, I'm going to get the Olympic rings. So oh, nice. hopefully I can pull that off. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Just to kind of let people out there know, you said you just signed up for open. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? So I believe after 10 bouts, um, you automatically get put into the open um, class. And, um, and yeah, just being an open fighter, you're just going to fight experienced girls that's, you know, probably been boxing since they were little. And, um, and it's just, it's just the experience levels. It's higher. It's high. So open, you're, you're, you've been currently boxing at novice mm-hmm. because you've been doing boxing for how long i started boxing last year in january and it was funny because i i only started i when i was a kid i, I did kickboxing pretty much my whole life and when i thought about boxing i was like man i was like it's just like kickboxing but with no kicks and then now i know it's way different yeah i never even threw body shots when i was a kickboxer i mostly kicked to the body and then now when i when i started doing boxing i was like okay body hook let's go and i couldn't get the angles i was like wow this is a lot harder yeah, yeah. than i thought um so so you started a year ago. You're already going to state championships. You already have at least, I mean, we, we said, and we'll clarify, right? We said, I said, two-time Golden Gloves champion. You kind of were like, I'm like a one-time Golden Gloves champion. But technically, you're going to state because, you know, you went to Golden Gloves and technically nobody wanted to fight you. Nobody really signed up in your division. And when you offered to fight anybody outside of your division, which you were like, I'll go um, higher. Because I wanted a fight. You just wanted to fight at Golden Glove Central Texas. Yeah, I wanted to fight. I mean, we train so hard. And, and, you know, when it comes time to fight. And also, it's here in Austin. I can invite my friends, my family. So, um, so yeah, I would have loved to get in the ring. But... You know, once you go open, I guess it's, it's, there's very little female boxers as it is. And then once you go open, I'm sure it's even smaller. I believe so. Uh, I'm about to experience that now that I just turned open. So we'll see if I get enough match. So matchups, because last year I was able to get seven. And this year I want to compete just as, as how often or as often as I can. So, um, so yeah, we'll see how it all goes. I, I'm, I'm really going to be just going for bigger tournaments this year. So, um, I definitely have my eyes set on the, the Texas state golden gloves, nationals and qualifiers. Those are my, my three goals. So let me ask you, what do you think is more important to you? Like obviously winning these tournaments, winning golden gloves, uh, uh, state, everything is of course paramount, right? That's the most important thing. But I know, I noticed like you were saying you can't wait to fight this girl who's like probably one of the top rank, uh, top ranked, uh, Texas state, you know, boxers. Are you looking more for the experience of fighting somebody that you may say, oh, this person is high level? Mm-hmm. See, is I, that I, more important than the win? Do you you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like of course yeah. you want to crush it. I need you know the experience. I mean? yeah. yeah, I want to feel confident. So right now, I've been fighting since I was little. I've been doing good. I've been put up against some experienced girls, but 
um, once it comes down to competition setting, I haven't fought very experienced girls and I need, I want to fight them. I want to know where I stand. I want to know how good I am. So this whole mission isn't about just racking up a bunch of wins. I want to be successful, but I really just want to build the skills. I want to feel it. I want to feel confident knowing that I can beat these top level girls. So I'm just trying to work my way up to the top. Um, you know, I've thought about doing going pro. When should I do it? But I definitely want to go the Olympic route first. Just try that one out first, especially because it's right around the corner. It's next year. Yeah. So I was like, I don't have to wait four years to do the Olympics. You know, it's it's next year. So if I could pull this all off, it, I feel like it's the better route. Is there any any fighter like maybe that you work with here in in Austin area or you know that you're like no I've been keeping my eye on this person I know before you say man I, I actually don't follow it that much mm -hmm. you just you study it but not necessarily like each individuals is there any boxer out there or anybody that you know even here in Austin that you either look to or in, inspires you or you're like yo that that's something I emulate mm -hmm. in, in that fashion so it's hard to say. I feel like I've got to know a lot of boxers here in Austin, and I love talking to them. So I get a little bit of of, of inspiration from everybody. Um, I know when I first sparred Destiny Jones, she really inspired me because she has a good record, and she's been doing it since she was a kid, and she's so strong and experienced. that. Um, and then she talks really confident, and it, it helped me. So I had a lot of questions when I first sparred her. I just asked her so many questions, and she was just answering them and making me feel better. And I was like, man I was like okay because it's a tough sport and confidence is uh, has a lot to do with it and a lot of times I'm I'm sitting there nervous 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 and I'm and then I look at my opponent and I'm like they look so calm and happy and they're smiling and I'm over here sweating so I you know I it, it's a process it really is and it's crazy because I've been doing it since I was a kid I've been put in situations I've gone to big tournaments I actually went to Ireland I fought an international tournament wow. it was huge and I've been put in those situations but at at the same time, like I'm just on a quest to like build my confidence. And I, th I feel like it's going to come whenever I start, you know, fighting some real experienced girls. I've, I'm just ready for the big stuff. So. Yeah. So <clears throat> kind of going back to what you said before, you know, you, you said just now like, oh man, I'm really nervous and everything. And you see these people and they're like, they look happy and relaxed and everything, but you're undefeated. Yes. <laughs> right? You're undefeated. Yeah. So mm -hmm. so do you think something like to a certain extent, do you think you're hypercritical of yourself? Do you think, you know, that nervousness is something that because if you're undefeated and these people are relaxed, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right? It doesn't That's matter how sure. you feel before a fight. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's a big battle. So it's funny because every time I'm done fighting or even sparring, I have to see video to know I did good because while I'm in there and I'm working, I have so many things running through my mind that sometimes I don't pull off the things that I wanted to do. So I'm, I'm, and then when I'm done, I'm like, man, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And that's why I feel like I didn't do good. And then I look at video. I'm like, dang, I hit her three to one, or I barely even got hit. Like my last match in San Antonio, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I probably got hit may. Oh, I don't even want to say how many times, but it was very little. I was very active and I almost got, a, I got a stoppage. I don't know how many eight counts I got so I think I got an eight count every round until I got two in one round and then they stopped it 
But um, and that's another thing. So all, out of my seven fights, I think I've had five uh, referee stoppages. There's just one girl that I fought twice, and I didn't. I wasn't able to stop. So her. you're stopping people out of your out, out of seven. Yeah. Five stops. Yeah. And it's funny because I'll run back to the corner and like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little nervous to just go for it when I'm in the ring because I've been, when I was in kickboxing, I would gas myself out. It would happen. Um, but it, I wasn't training as hard as I, I am now. I'm, I'm really taking it serious now, but I'll go back to the corner and be like, Oh, this next round, I'm a stopper. Is that a good idea? Like I'll ask my coach. He's like, yes, if you feel it, go for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm like, okay. No, right. don't stop her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fucking stop her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? But it's no, funny I know what you mean, though. I'll, like, t- like I'll be plan patient. it. Yeah. So I'll just sit there and I'm just wait for it. And I'm like, okay, now. And That's then awesome. I do That's it. Good. How much do you think um, uh, martial arts helped you like prior? So you did, when did you start martial arts? Let's, let's start there. Um, I started at seven years old. So my family is, a, it's a fight family. My dad, um, I have my brother and my sister and he put us all in when we were kids because my sister had low self-esteem and she was getting bullied at school and she actually is a badass fighter, but she stopped at 18. Um, she won a lot of stuff. She went all over the place too. And so did my brother. My brother has like seven or eight title belts. He did boxing and kickboxing. Um, but at that time I wasn't focused so much on it. I was a good fighter and I was kind of riding along with them but it wasn't mostly about me it was mostly about my brother and my sister at that time and what discipline was it again a taekwondo taekwondo yeah i did taekwondo i loved it but it was fun at that age, but once I turned 15, it wasn't so fun anymore because you could get contact warnings so it's not a very like um heavy contact sport so I would hit people and it's co-ed so I was seven years old fighting boys winning I think I only lost one taekwondo fight I'd ask my dad I was like hey how many fights have I had he said over 60 I had no idea we were always competing and traveling um but yeah and it's funny we had it was back when it was VHS so now we lost all of the video footage but back then we would put them in and I I had this weird fighting style like I've always I I definitely feel like it's helped me with my footwork I feel like my footwork so different to all the boxers um and taekwondo and kickboxing plays a major part in that so yeah no yeah i i really believe that you know i'm as a, as a coach you know I, I i coach people in striking and i've dealt with some people who i think the people i love the most that are coming in brand new mm-hmm. um to boxing is people who've done taekwondo and soccer Oh yeah. I think the footwork that so soccer yeah gives you and taekwondo. Taekwondo's a really good really good at in and out yes. too. You know, closing distance and creating distance and the the problem with it and you know, you you could uh you know um deny or confirm this uh-huh. right i always say you know i i mean this with respect but usually taekwondo people don't have great hands oh they don't yeah they don't have great yeah. hands like their it's... hands are pretty atrocious but yeah don't don't get it confused they'll kick you in the head oh yeah as many times as a boxer will punch you in the head it's crazy <laughs> i love that you say that yeah. because when i first started doing muay thai we did head kicks all the time in Taekwondo. Yeah. And then I started sparring these people and then I head kicked them and they would get mad at me. I'm like, what's going on? And I, I was <laughs> like, I'm not kicking you as hard as I can kick. I'm just doing a, it's like a jab with my foot, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, 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 it definitely makes you super light on your feet. And it, I feel like it helps me get a whole bunch of angles. I work, oh, I work yeah. laterally and like a lot of boxers just go forward. Yeah. Some may go back for Drives backwards. Crazy. Yeah. And I, I go yeah. all over the place. I'm, yeah. I, I can get all these angles. No, you know? I, I, 
I'm one of those coaches that I'm constantly, I almost feel like, man, am I only teaching them this? But I really teach um, angles yeah. constantly. I'm like, yo, you got to It's angles. Mm-hmm. It's angles is everything. And, you know, soccer and um, Taekwondo, they're all about angles and all, all about like just beautiful footwork. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part as being like a boxing coach is learning how to let them be themselves. Yeah. You know, because I, I don't know if you had this experience as a coach. I, I started, I stopped like telling Taekwondo people who wanted to learn, you know, be better with, with their striking. I stopped telling them to switch. Like I used to oh tell them, gosh. don't switch your feet. And yes. then I was like, just switch, switch as many times as you fucking yes. want. I, and I'm just going to work with you because it, the more I tell you to stop switching your feet, I feel like the more I'm, I'm messing you up. Yes. Like I'm just, de- I'm destroying you. Like I'm, I'm taking you further away from the goal of getting better at, at, at striking uh-huh. and I'm eventually going to be like, hey, we need to work angles. And I'm like, okay, well, how about, you know, let's do it this way. And I think it changes the game yes. um, when you just kind of go, okay, let me add to you. Yes. I'm not going to take anything away. Let me just see if I could give you this and mm-hmm. add to it. So Yes, that's a big battle I've actually had to deal with. I've, I've had several uh, coaches and I've tried working with them or I've just gone to classes and like, don't switch your feet. Don't do this. Don't do that. But it limits me. Yeah. I'm like, there's so much more I can do if, if I just work the way I, what I feel like you feel it, you want to switch your feet. Yeah. And when I, when they tell me not to switch, I, I, I have to think about not switching and it messes me up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like now you're, you're freezing, you're stuttering, you're, you're, you're losing opportunities to strike. Yes. And then I've had other coaches that tell me, well, first you got to learn to fight orthodox and then you can learn to switch to southpaw. But I'm way past that. I started learning both stances at seven, you know, so. Well, I think the the reason why they're not wrong, they're just, and you know, no offense to them. They're not going to hear this, but you know, (laughs) they're just wrong with you. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I have somebody come in and they never did Taekwondo or anything like that, then I'm going to be like, no, stop it. Yeah. Stop. Like I, I, I'm working with one guy and he wants to be Southpaw so bad, but his power is all in his right. Yes. And I'm like, I understand that. And he's like, yeah, but my left is weak. And I go, cool. Let's make it strong mm-hmm. because it's, it's your setup. It's every, it's everything. It's, you should be able to control around, you know, in my opinion, I always say, and not in my opinion, I, you know, in boxing, you should be able to control around like 70% of it should be your, your, your left hand, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, uh, jabs or hooks or whatever you're doing with it, it should be all that left hand. You're just setting it up. You're looking at how they move and everything. And then you're going to, you know, let that right hand fly. Yes. But, um, it's so hard for them. You know, this particular guy, I'm like, I understand that that's your power hand. Then surprise them with it yeah you know mess them up with that left get it ready and then throw it but the people that i've worked with that are either um taekwondo or even soccer because soccer you're always switching i mean their their footwork is is crazy Mm -hmm. um i always i'm like i just want to say okay well when when you're gonna switch to this side how are you going to switch to this side what what are you going to do to switch to this side but y'all are so good at i think the the hardest part is I've trained in boxing and Muay Thai, or I would say more kickboxing, because as much as they want me to be a Muay Thai traditional fighter, like it's hard because it's so like stiff. Yeah, and you square stay there and, and, block and I'm like, check. yeah, and I'm like, that's good, but if I could just move, yeah, you take but, so much damage just staying there. Yeah, it, 
um, Muay Thai is awesome. It's beautiful. It's brutal. And I think it becomes, and it's hard to say it's different in any other sport, but I feel like Muay Thai becomes all about, let's see who could take as much more pain. Oh yeah. And I'm like, all yeah, those leg kicks. <laughs> yeah I'm, you can. So let me just put you to sleep. How's that? <laughs> <Right? You know? laughs> let's see who goes to sleep first. I like that game. That's yeah, more my game. For sure. But, anyway. but uh, with the switch dancing, sorry, I was going to say, so there's always a side that's more dominant, but there's going to be moments where you're getting pressured and you have to move out of the way. And sometimes switching to the uh, to the southpaw stance will get you an angle. And then you could always switch back, you know, moving laterally or whatever. But yeah, there's I have my dominant side. And that's my the side I feel most confident and where I can land my heavy punches. Um, switching is more of like just angles, more angles, angles, angles. Yeah, angles are everything. So I know uh, before we talked about Lomachenko. And this is something that I wanted uh, um, to go back to um, when you were saying how the experience is kind of what you're searching for and I know you're seven and no so the win and the finish is definitely something you're looking for and, and I love that in any fighter one thing is with with you saying I, I'm looking for the experience as much as you're looking for the win Lomachenko had like almost 400 fights yes do you think that there's a lot of fighters that go into their pro career a little too soon? Especially when you hear about people who have hundreds of like amateur fights. Yeah. I mean, it gets to a point where it's like, why are you doing so many amateur fights? Like, I, I can understand if they did it while they were a kid. Mm. But if they start older, I wouldn't want to stay amateur. I definitely want to pursue um, yeah, pro. But, um, but... I feel like... Um... So you're saying... So let's put it in, into this context. For you, and I don't think we clarified this with the audience, you're 27? Yeah, 27. Right? You've been boxing for a year. Yes. You're um, undefeated. You're going to state. Mm -hmm. If you beat... If you win at state, you're looking for um, nationals. If you win nationals, you're going to pursue this up and coming Olympics. Yeah. You know how crazy that would be, Nancy? Oh. And I don't mean that in a negative way. <laughs> I mean that in the like, holy shit, let's do this. Yeah. I'm not a part of this, but I'm going to want to interview you again as oh. you continue in your journey. But I'm like, you know how amazing that would be if in your first year of boxing, you're able to get that close, even if you got that close. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? That's it's a major accomplishment. And that's why I say, how much do you think previous martial arts experience helps you? Because then you look at those Lomachenkos, you look at those people that have 400 fights. Well, he probably has 400 fights because he's been doing it since he's 12. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's, there's his. But for you, you're saying at 27, I, you don't see what's the point in racking up necessarily that many yeah is there is there a number that you might think would and maybe you haven't thought of this but do you think there's a number you should probably get to no no I think you're like I no beat. let's yeah. go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think okay. once I get to the point where I'm beating you know really good girls that have been doing it for a long time it's just gonna give me that jump so I don't have to have it's like you're 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 taking their experience yes like oh you got 50 fights boom you're finished I got <laughs> like 50 I fights you, now I got 50. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah I believe in that what happens if you don't get to the Olympics it's hard I will go pro I will yeah. oh earlier you asked something about um if 
people go pro too soon. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes when they don't do so good on the amateur side, some coaches say, oh, it's your fighting style. You'll do better when you go pro. And sometimes that does work out like, um, oh, I don't want to say, but the, that does work out for some fighters. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but with me, there's a system to it all, you know, and, and sometimes maybe you might feel like you did win, but they gave it to the other fighter. Then, and if I get cut off and there's no more, like if I didn't make the qualifiers, let's say, but it was a, a real good fight. I got what I wanted. I got challenged, you know, and, and there's always going to be more opportunities. You can always work on getting better, um, and everything like that. But, but yeah, to me, I, and also my winning streak, it, it is a big deal to me a lot. Like my coach says, you know, you have nothing to lose. I'm like, I got my winning streak. I'm putting that on the line. Like, yeah, yeah. That means a lot to me. It really does. I want to be like Lomachenko. Yeah. I think he actually had one loss when yeah. he fought that guy and then beat him. In his pro career? Yeah. yeah. No, his amateur career. Amateur career. Yeah. 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 He had like, uh, was it just one loss? Just one loss. Is, that's out of insane. That dude. I, yeah. <laughs> Lomachenko's. He's one of my favorite. Lost too, you know, like that's crazy. Nobody, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's he's nobody. Like, and I don't mean that in in disrespectful way. I mean it more like sometimes losses are like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it could have been a a crazy decision. Oh right. You know, Um, the other thing is, how do you feel about? Because we've talked about this on. I I know me and my my, uh, you know my my friends talk about this. I don't know if we talked about it on a podcast. How do you feel about like? Because you don't really study boxing that much, right? No, but it's like so you study important. boxing in the sense of training, but yeah. you're you're not like because I know we spoke about it before, and you're like, man, I'm not like this boxing historian. I can't no. like talk about this and that. I talk to fans, and they know more about boxing, like fights yeah. and like what's happening um, than I do, and I feel so lost in that part, and I hate that I've missed out on it so much. Yeah, but part of that is because you're a martial artist ultimately would you say you're, you're a martial artist oh, you're, yeah. you're, you study martial arts and boxing is your your most recent you know like thing i love you yeah. know what i mean but what? i feel like i'm more live it than than study the outside like yeah I, exactly that's my, my point it's like you're you're about it more about the practical applications the competition of it you're not like oh i'm this person who sits back watches it analyze it dissects it you're you're like analyzing it in the ring Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i asked you this what brought you to boxing okay so um tessa simpson at austin kickboxing academy she had her invicta fight coming up and i was just learning muay thai i I took a break actually so i moved to austin and the and a year i did nothing and i gained weight i was trying to get a job i was trying to you know just make a living and then i got real sad and i felt like there was something missing (laughs) so i jumped into muay thai and i went to that school and tessa's freaking amazing and she had her fight coming up and i started to get in shape and I started to learn all that. And then I was like, and they told me they needed, she needed sparring partners. So starting a training camp. And I offered, uh, one day I was walking by and they were just trying to find someone that could step in the ring with her. And I was like, I'll do it. And then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, well, I like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So then I jumped in the ring with her and they're like boxing only. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my specialty is my kicks. I was yeah. like, I'm nothing without my kicks. And then we start boxing. And then I realized I can't even throw a body shot. And then everything felt real weird. Yeah. And like my, 
balance was off. And then I got addicted right after that. I went, I went home and I sat there and I tried to dissect it all. And I was like, what happened? And then again and again, and then we set up a schedule and I started to get better and better. And I was like, I'm helping her. She's helping me. And, um, and it got to the point where like, she hits hard. She's a hard hitter, especially for her size. I'm 132 pounds. I think she was fighting at 115. I don't know her walking around weight, probably 120, uh, 125, but, um, she hit so hard, but I realized, man, I could, I could handle it. She was hitting me in the chin and I swear I was getting close to getting knocked out. I've never been knocked out before, but I would feel like my jaw would tighten up really like tight and it was hard for me to open my mouth and I would feel tingliness and I would get dizzy when she'd hit me. So I was like, man, but it didn't scare me away. I liked it and I wanted to get better and that's what happened. So, um, she had her fight and I had like one month of of helping you know to work with her and then afterwards i was like i'm joining boxing and i completely stopped muay thai because at the time i was i was lifting up my leg so i'd be boxing and then i'd get to a point where i couldn't fight with my hands so my legs would lift up i, I know, wouldn't kick it drives me crazy i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yes. like i stopped i was doing a muay thai for for i mean i've done muay thai for a while and then i'll like leave it alone and, you know, work on some boxing, leave it alone and be, you know, doing jujitsu. Right now I do a lot more jujitsu than I do anything else. And, um, and then there was this like three month or four month period where I was working with a, a, a fellow coach of mine. And then I like, somebody was like, Hey, we're going to do some boxing and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll get in there. And I felt like garbage and yes. I kept lifting up my knee. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to check a kick yes, or, or did. like want to put him in a clinch. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> my God, Muay Thai yeah. has destroyed oh, yeah. my boxing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I also realized like, I have to do a better job of not, um, training one exclusively. And of course you're on a, you're on a road to something, so yeah. you kind of have to do that. Yeah, but um, to be an all-around fighter, you got to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, and 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 then also like I have to like take this piece from Muay Thai mm-hmm. and and even incorporate it in some ways. Like I think your boxing really lends itself really oh, well yes. to grappling and kickboxing if you know where to find it mm-hmm. like there's there's moments in your boxing that are gonna just thread in seamlessly mm-hmm. into a takedown into um kicks into whatever so mm-hmm. there's really no difference in the way i'm gonna move to switch to this kick as i would move to switch to like a, a right side my right side angle and come over with like a overhand right that's why I say it makes more sense mm-hmm. uh, visually yeah. um, than on a podcast where no one could see. Oh, right. That. But you know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. uh, so you did Muay Thai, kickboxing and boxing. You'd never done any kind of grappling or anything like that. No. Um, so when I lived in San Angelo, we had our own schools, Angelo Martial Arts Center. And my dad and my brother ran it. And then later on, I ended up uh, doing a women's fitness class. But there, they did have jujitsu there. So I tried to do the grappling class. I liked it. And um, there was some moments. It's hard. Like, I would try to tap someone out. And I would, like, tap myself out because it hurt to squeeze. Yeah, <laughs> try yeah, to yeah, tap yeah, them. Yeah. 
I don't know. But anyways, I, I did do a few that. classes. Um, but it was like my brothers, my cousins. And I was like, I don't want to grapple with these dudes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's weird, but I liked it. But that's why I never got into it. Yeah. And um, it's funny because my boyfriend, he did jujitsu and we play around and I'll do striking, but I can't hit him hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then he just keeps rushing me and then he grabs my legs, take me down, puts me in a lock. And I'm like, on TV, I'm like, just wiggle yourself out of there. No, yeah, it's <laughs> you not. cannot do that. Yeah. I've tried. And uh, it's, it's, it's something you need to learn. And it's funny because actually I went to, oh, I forgot the name of the jujitsu school that um, they train at, that Tessa Simpson trained at, but... Um, they had, I went there, uh, I think once a week, probably for like, uh, three, four weeks and I was doing the jujitsu class and it was a whole other level. Like it was survival mode, like yeah. it and their endurance level fighting on the ground. My heart was so was super elevated my heart yeah. rate it was just so challenging and taking someone's body weight off of you and all the switching around like and then we were doing sprawls and i never even did that before but there was just a lot of stuff that that went down that i was like wow like this this sport is ridiculously hard like mma that is some tough stuff. And then the amount, the little gear that you wear, like I can, I don't do that. I feel comfortable. Like, uh, it's funny. Cause when I was a kid, I never sparred with headgear. And when I, I only wore headgear in competition because it was requirement. And, um, I got just used to, it and I always thought headgear took away my peripherals. I yeah, hate it. I hate and I don't it, really it. feel much when I'm fighting anyways. Um, and it keeps you on guard not to get hit in the face. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. now I, all I do is wear headgear with boxing. And now I'm curious, like, okay, when I, I go pro how's it gonna be like not wearing headgear like that's something i'm gonna have to start practicing yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i felt the same way like i and it's so it's so stupid when you think about it like just to say this but i hated headgear because oh, yeah. i felt the same way i felt like it made my head movement slower oh, yeah. i felt like i i can't see what the heck is this and i also felt the same way like now i'm i'm more willing to take a punch because you know, I got a pillow strapped around my head, yes. but when, when I don't have headgear on, man, my head's moving like crazy. Oh, yeah. Cause the last thing I want you to do is land something solid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I think it's a big difference. Um, and it is something you have to like do here and there, you know, you just got to be careful because now the the higher level that you are and the higher level that you train, like oh, the people yeah. that you train Hits with, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a different ball game. People don't, people don't know, yes. like people don't, People don't know, like they don't know what a like a, a boxer's punch really feels oh, like. Yeah, I, was, I always tell people, I go, you know, those sixteen ounce gloves or those, you know, twelve ounce gloves and those big hand wraps. They're there solely so your fist doesn't explode yes. when you land it. I've actually my punching power has increased big time and I've actually gotten to the point where I really have to protect my knuckles because I'm punching through my glove like I'll take it off and I have like swollen knuckles and that's never happened before and then also I've been sparring with uh Erica and Donnelly I believe that's her last name I hope I didn't pronounce that wrong but um she's going to state as well and she's 155 pounds and she's a she hits hard super hard and um when she punched me in the cheek i could feel my cheek going into my teeth and it like shredded my my cheek up but i was just like man like if i didn't have this headgear on i was like that would have been really hard to take and um but another silly thing is when i was a kid i didn't like wearing mouthpieces because i couldn't breathe in them and i actually didn't wear them when i would spar it was a stupid thing stupid that i thing. never did no. i'm like oh i need a mouthpiece everyone yeah. needs a mouthpiece yeah, i learned hard i got worse. my tooth chipped 
yeah. one time I was sparring a guy and it was funny. My dad was like, uh, I was, I was, um, I guess getting the best of him. I don't know. And, um, and my dad was like, um, you know, girls beating you up and, and, and he was telling them put more pressure, blah, blah, blah. And then I got, I gassed out. I sparred like 10 rounds. I was working on my last one and I was just completely gassed. And then he recovers and hits me so hard in the face. My head swings back. And my dad always made sure I had mouthpiece, but I was, I was terca and I would take it out. And then, um, he hit me twice in the face and then I could just, I swallowed my tooth, like half my tooth chipped and then I swallowed it. And I was like, what the heck just happened? I looked in the mirror and like I had half a tooth. Mm. It was the most sensitive thing I've ever felt like air, just opening my mouth and air touching it. I immediately had to go to the dentist and and they had to fix it. But that's something I will, I always will wear. Yeah. um, Yeah. That. And, um, I also tape my wrists before I, I, I put, I tape my wrist and then I put my hand wraps on because I've experienced a lot of wrist injuries. and i think just females have such small wrists and then once you start to hit real hard it just it's hard on on the wrist so i always have i always protect my wrist and my teeth (laughs) yeah especially your hands like i mean you're you're a coach so you know having a a broken hand is not going to be really good for mitt work and things like that for sure yeah Um, (laughs) so when is golden gloves uh state um so march 6th through the 9th and i believe i'm gonna get matched up on a saturday on a saturday yeah uh-huh. okay do y'all have the you already do you know your matchups yet and everything no they not don't yet? have the belt sheet not until after the weigh-in because i'm like i'm gonna be out there with my with with curtis hightower so i'm like when, when i would like to know as soon as possible I'm like um so you're excited you ready oh yeah big time ready any i mean i don't want to be like oh anything like um you feel like your training camp's been great and your nutrition. I know you're a personal trainer, so that helps being able to like kind of control your own nutrition and everything like that. Yeah. So yeah, I got my personal training certification and I mostly did it just to learn about the exercise science. And I didn't really know if I was going to be a personal trainer just yet because I had an office job. And then um, I got laid off because the company wasn't doing so good. And then I was like, okay, this is my time. I was like, I love this. I, I do it every day. And it's hard to manage like having a eight to five or nine to five job and then, you know, doing my training on the side. But now I can mix it all in. So uh, my schedule's a little crazy. I train other people. I go coach classes and then I get my training out of the way. Um, but yeah, the nutrition wise, I eat mostly whole foods. I don't, I don't have a crazy diet, but I cook all my own foods and I avoid, um, fast food and I drink mostly water. So I I keep it pretty simple. Um, the hard part is, is when you're super sore and you're tired. And like, sometimes I feel like I just need help. Like I just, I'm too tired to cook. I'm too tired to do that. And then the recovery process is another thing. Like I get tired of doing foam rolling. So sometimes I just want to lay there and just like, (laughs) I know. And it's so important. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you so don't do important. anything about I need it, you to, get knots all over yeah, your Yeah, I was back. telling this guy, I don't know if you know Jimmy, I forget his last name, but he's a boxer. He was in uh, um, Golden Gloves. I think he lost his, his match, but he's like brand new to it, you know, pretty um, new to boxing. But um, I was telling him, man, I could spend an hour foam rolling, but, but I don't. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like I could spend like a literally 20 minutes on like each leg yeah you know and and i should and i should do that like at least two or three times a week yeah and i just don't but and i and i can i I work at a gym i'm just sitting there chilling i could do it right um so tell everybody you know you could uh 
tell them, you know, where they can find, you know, maybe your Instagram. Um, if they want to come by the gym, get some personal training, tell them a little bit about that. Okay, for sure. So I teach a kickboxing class at Roca, uh, fitness gym. It's in South, um, Austin. And, um, and then I also do personal training. I do mostly the boxing training here at my home gym. It's also in South Austin and, um, for strength and conditioning, then I take them to Roca. And, um, if you want to check out some of my training videos, I post some on my Instagram. So it's, uh, Nan, N-A-N, um, dot. Oh, actually, let me check it. Sorry. I don't want to give the wrong thing. Okay. So my Instagram, if you want to check me out, it's Nan underscore C dot Garcia. So Nan N A N. Okay, cool. And Roca Fitness. Yeah. Is it Roca Fitness? A Roca Fitness gym. Yeah. It's a CrossFit gym and I have my own little kickboxing. I get to run all my own stuff, my own material and everything. So it's pretty fun. You know, I didn't ask this or maybe I did and I forgot. Do you have a nickname? Like, is it Nancy? You know what? I'll say it. I've been keeping it in. I've been wanting a nickname. I think nicknames are the coolest thing ever. Did you come up with this nickname though? Um, no, my dad did. Okay, then it's good. Okay, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, because there's like a thing where it's like you can't come up with your own nickname, oh, but yeah. your dad did. So what, what is it? Yes. Um, it's La Pistolera, La which Pistolera. means gunslinger. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That's so, nice. Yeah, La we Pistolera. wanted a Spanish one. I couldn't think yeah. of one. My former coach wanted to call me Ninja Nancy, but I've been called Ninja Nancy when I was a kid. I was like, I don't really want to be Ninja Nancy. Yeah. Like, it just seems silly to me. Right, but right. La Pistolera, something I've been working on. I really, once I go pro, I think that's when I'm going to give myself a I like name. it. <laughs> I think it would look good like in that kind of like calligraphy yeah. You know how you know how you're gonna do it. Uh, anyway, yeah. well, I I really uh, appreciate you giving me the time and everything. You're technically my second. There's it may be third. Curtis was my second um, interview, but he's my homeboy. So oh, yeah, kinda, yeah. Uh. We're, we were just hanging out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I really appreciate your time and everything. And um, I I look forward to getting updates. You know, hopefully we could do an update uh, um, after you win Golden Glove State mm-hmm. and when you go to nationals after you win that. Yeah. And when you make it to the Olympics. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm in it. I'm yeah, doing it. I'm putting all the hard work. So I'm I'm going to be going to these big tournaments and we'll see. I've, I'm undefeated now. Let's see where I'll be after this next weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy too. Cause I remember when I, when I met you, I was walking my dog mm-hmm. right in front of your house and I was like, have you ever been recognized for your Instagram before? <laughs> right. Um, you know what? That's the you have, time. Yeah. I was going to say, it's anybody be like, Hey, I know you from Instagram. And I couldn't even believe it. Cause I've never ran into anybody that I'm like, I know that person from Instagram. <laughs> wow. But anyway, so that I'm kind of your first podcast, right? Besides yeah. Curtis. Well, my first like interview. No, I interviewed this dude, um, Adam Nadal from like, he was attacked outside of his jujitsu gym. Oh, so wow. some genius yeah. uh, decided to <laughs> pick a fight with a black belt oh, in jujitsu, no. right? Yeah. And it's really actually turned out to be kind of a good story. The guy ended up uh, coming back and apologizing because when Adam like subdued him, he didn't even like hurt him or anything. He just oh, like held him good. till the cops came and yeah. it was a cool story and I appreciate it. So, um, I did that interview and it was pretty good. And then me and Curtis just hung out and talked about his win oh, okay. and he was actually like a guest host. Um, so, you know, but, so you're kind of like my second interview. Oh, okay. So again, I appreciate oh, you course. so much. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, I look forward to, you know, seeing your career just blossom man, and, mm-hmm. and do great things. Oh, okay. Well, All I right. appreciate it. And thank you. No problem. I'm out.